Heading into 2023, prospects are going to be important for the Pittsburgh Pirates once again. And we're joined by Craig Toth to talk about some prospects that can make an impact and some that might not be on your radar now, but will be later. All of that and more on Locked on Pirates. You are Locked on Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to that Pirates podcast, everybody. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every Monday through Friday, every day. We are joined by Craig Toth of Bucks Basement every single Thursday. And Craig, I don't know if you realize this, man, but that means you're going to be on opening day with me this upcoming week. I, I I definitely saw that play out, and I'm like, oh, that's that sounds perfect to me because I'm pretty sure the only thing I'm going to be thinking about that day is baseball. So yes. why not talk baseball all day and watch baseball all day? Yeah, and it's a odd start time for an opening day. I believe we're starting at like 4.15 or something like that. So, you know, we have some time to wake up, cook some breakfast, you know, get things rolling, get the podcast out and all that stuff. But on today's episode, with a week to go uh, before we get into the regular season, we've seen a lot of prospects this spring. We've seen a lot of prospects last year. Like it or not, folks of the Locked On Pirates podcast listeners, prospects are going to be a part of this team again. And it's something that I know you look at the roster and there's a lot more major league talent on this roster. So you wonder, where do these guys fit into the fold? Well, that'll all play itself out. And there's always prospects that you need to keep eyes on. And MILB TV, by the way, I think is actually a part of your MLB TV package this year. So. Take advantage of that. Watch Indianapolis. Watch Altoona. Watch Greensboro. Watch all of them if you can. Do it because it's going to be worth your while. So, Craig, obviously I have called you uh, many things in in the prospect world. Uh, (laughs) In the description of the show, you were prospect savant. Uh, In a group chat, you were prospect god. Uh, I don't like to use the term guru, uh, so we're not going to call you that one. But I prospects that we're keeping our eyes on here. Andy Rodriguez, Luis Ortiz, guys like that. Who are some guys that like every Pirates fan should be looking at as, okay, you need to know what's going on with this guy at the lower levels? Um, I call myself a self-proclaimed uh, prospect junkie. Uh, so there that's, that's, that's kind of what I go with. Um, at the lower levels, uh, I, there's two prospects that I have my eye very closely on and one of them should be starting in Greensboro with the Grasshoppers, and that's Chung Chi Chang. I people saw him, and he kind of came into the spotlight himself a little bit, playing for Chinese Taipei uh, in the World Baseball Classic. If anybody even just you know follows on Twitter and and saw that stuff, not even saying you had to watch the World Baseball Classic, uh, a guy I thought would take a, a little bit bigger of a jump uh, last year, played in Bradenton, hit around like two seventy five. Uh, did have 33 stolen bases, great defense at shortstop, uh, could move over to second base, but would be, you know, 
safe in the shortstop position because that seems to be the conversation that happens a lot uh, with Pirates prospects is, okay, we have this guy at shortstop, Oliver Peguero, you know, Nick Gonzalez drafted as a shortstop, you know, moving over to second base. Uh, if he moved over to second base, it would just be out of necessity of getting playing time for you know, other players at that position, and Mikel Escoto. Uh, but he's a guy that just kind of looks like your prototypical, you know, leadoff hitter. Uh, mm-hmm. Walks almost as much as he strikes out. Uh, contact, speed on the bases. Um, and, and that's that's just like more of like his profile. Uh, another player, I, I got to see him pitch when I was down at Pirate City and I keep on saying, man, these these kids keep getting younger and younger. Uh, uh, a pitcher in Thomas Harrington didn't get to see him pitch last year. Uh, drafted in the first round, uh, comp round A out of Campbell uh, University. One thing is they're the fighting camels. So at some point in time, I'm going to have to get myself a fighting camels hat because, I mean, fighting Irish, that's cool. Fighting camels. That's like fighting camels is awesome. That's like, that's like another level, but uh, I have been like, you know, watching some stuff on him from when he pitched there. Uh, He was somebody who uh, scouts experts had said has like one of the most, you know, repeatable motions uh, doesn't put a lot of, you know, torque or leverage or anything. So he just, he just is a kid that, you know, he walked on at Campbell and then became like freshman of the year in, in his conference, you know, pitcher of the year, the next year. So it, it's somebody that I don't, you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, sell him short because I mean, he's, he's shown I'll, I'll walk on a team and then be basically become the team's best pitcher. Uh, so those are two guys in the lower levels that, I mean, worth with Harrington, I, I've been kind of going back and forth. Are they going to jump him over Bradenton and start him in Greensboro, but looking at the Greensboro rotation uh, might be a little bit stacked with an Anthony Solomito, uh Po Yu Chen, uh, some guys that we may be talking about here later on, a Carlos Jimenez, Valentin Linares. There's a, a decent amount of pitchers in that, uh, in that rotation. Uh, we've seen, uh, in previous years because, you know, the way major uh, minor league baseball goes now you play, you know, a six game stretch and then you're off every Monday. So some of them had done, you know, the six man rotations. Uh, the only one that stuck. Uh, with it for the entire year last year was Bradenton. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not something that's out of the realm of possibilities, especially to start the season. But those are, if you're looking at like lower level guys, uh, everybody, I mean, you could throw out like, you know, a Baba Chandler, you could throw out, like I said, Anthony Solomito, but those are two guys that, you know, since Harrington hadn't pitched yet and Chung Chi Chang, I uh, kind of just kind of got lost in the fold in, in Bradenton. Those are, are two guys that, I have on my radar and that I am hoping that Greensboro starts to stream more games this year, not just the away games. Yeah. Uh, once again, they have the capability, they have all the record. Like, so just, just stream the games, please. Uh, because I mean, it just makes you miss out on so many, you know, good prospects that have come through there and that will come through there. And, and we just want to see them play. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing too, is being able to physically, Put your eyes to what you're seeing. 
I think is a huge thing when it comes to prospects, because it's one thing when we're looking at these prospects that Craig is talking about and seeing their scorecards and their baseball cards and seeing, okay, cool. He has a three, five ERA. What's he doing with his fastball? What's he doing with his secondary pitch? What's he doing here? You don't really get all that from a baseball savant page. You can, but it's not to it's to me it's not the same as where Craig you mentioned Thomas Harrington who I've actually had on the show. Kid is freaking awesome, dude. He also <laughs> loved the fighting. He also loved the fighting camels thing. He was like, yeah, when I first got there, I was like, this is the best thing ever. Um, but the repeatable motion thing. Is that something that you're really going to read on a baseball website that's telling you about statistics? No. And that's the thing that I also kind of try to shy away from when I'm talking about prospects is, oh, look, Andy Rodriguez is hitting 365 in AAA right now. Yeah, but is he improving defensively? How's he hitting the baseball? How's he doing that? It's almost like don't judge a book by its cover because also last year, did anybody really talk about Luis Ortiz until like the back end of the year? No. I mean, only the only person I know is Alex Stumpf uh, from uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports. Yeah. He he was the only person that was on him, I know, like from the beginning. And I give him credit every single time because, I mean, I'd watch some of the Altoona games. And I mean, if like you said, if you just look at, you know, the box scores or you look at his stat sheet, you know, his ERA was, you know, in the upper fours. Uh, whip was, you know, fairly decent. Uh, but unless you actually saw him pitch and saw the velocity on his fastball and, you know, the weight with his slider, you really wouldn't know, you know, a whole lot about Luis Ortiz. And, and even with like the hitters and stuff, when you say a guy has, you know, this batting average or whatever, a lot of times, like I said, when I when I mentioned Shung Chi Chang, I I talked about you know his approach at the plate, and I look at like strikeouts and and walks. Like, is he chasing stuff outside the zone? Because you know when you're in the lower levels, mm. these guys they they haven't harnessed their stuff as much. So you may see you know more guys you know not being able to you know attack the strike zone. So is this guy? you know, just swinging wildly and flailing and, and, and striking out a lot. Uh, I mean, always, you know, with OPS, uh, WRC plus, those ones are still really good. But then also, I mean, you said, if you're not watching the game, you're not going to know that, you know, a guy popped up a ball that should have been caught, you know, in center field and it drops in and, and you see a double on his, you know, at the box score at the, at the end of the game. And you don't know exactly how he got that double and how, you know, hard he hit the ball. Yeah, it, it definitely it, it makes it, you know, kind of tough to to scout these players. So that's why, I mean, watch as much minor league baseball as you can, but also making it more available. And and yeah, some of it, like you said, like a, a Greensboro, a lot of times, you know, you're not looking at the the ERA of a pitcher in Greensboro because of the the band box that they play in. Yep. I mean, it, it, it looks like a somewhat times looks like my son's little league field uh, over there in left field. Uh, so something that and any other ballpark, and especially once you get to the majors would be like just a, a regular routine. fly out, yeah. a routine, a routine can yeah. of corn fly out is, you know, finding its way over the fence. So there's, there's different things to be watching there. And, and when you can't see it, 
it does make it difficult. And for somebody to say, okay, we can see this guy moving up through the system quickly. If you're not actually watching him and you're just looking at the stats, you, you may not see the whole picture. Oh yeah. And you actually give us a good segue into that because we're going to be talking about some guys that could potentially make their way through the system and maybe even to the major league level at some point. But you guys know we love our advertisers. We love our sponsors here at the Locked on Pirates podcast. And uh, if you guys all follow Twitter, you guys know about the – you got another one. I got another one in me from Vince Carter when he was playing his last season <laughs> that everybody uses. Well, I got another one in me. Welcome to Game Time, everybody. Download the Game Time app today and use code Locked on MLB for $20 off. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. And Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They have killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. I hate stressing about tickets. I went to the Steelers game or the Steelers Falcons game and the Steelers Panthers game this year all last minute. And I actually used game time for both because it was very, very convenient to have on me because I did not want to stress about getting there and getting to the games that I wanted to go to game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive, get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and, and row for less, GameTime will credit you for 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime and download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCK on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for 20 or $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. As we were just saying, support minor league baseball and use game time and go to some of these minor league games. They're not expensive. And they also have really fun food deals, I found out. <laughs> um, but you look at where we're at Craig, in terms of the prospects on this team, and it's starting to get ever more serious about the Andy Rodriguez's of the world, the Mike Burrows of the world, Luis Ortiz, Johan Oviedo, um, Nick Gonzalez, Leover Piguero, all the big guys are starting to finally get to the precipice of they're going to be on this roster at some point every single day. So then that takes you to the next level of these prospects where you're looking at guys that you probably can make the argument that they won't be here this season, but who's to say that they won't be here in September for a couple of games and then shift their focus to 2024. And I think the main guy that you have to look at that for this entirety of this discussion is a Henry Davis. Henry Davis is arguably the most polarizing prospect this year for the Pittsburgh Pirates for two reasons. And then Craig, I'll let you think about the reasons. <laughs> First reason, they already made the decision to start Andy Rodriguez at triple a Henry and Andy are not going to split time in triple a. That's not how that's going to work. So you're already stamping Henry Davis in Altoona. Second, when Andy does come up, where do you fit Henry Davis into the fold if you do want to bring him up? And he has a lot of things to work on, too, coming off of it, injury, injured, 
injury-riddled season. There we go. I was trying to figure out the way to say that. But he's coming back from that, too. So a lot of people, as I've mentioned a couple of times on the show, are, like, pinning Henry Davis on this team this year. I just I don't see it, Craig. But also, looking at his development this year, I think is going to be arguably the most important thing to look at in terms of any prospect this year. Yeah, it's finding those landing spots. And... Yeah, I mean, that's why he's – I could see him, even if if Andy wasn't sent down, I could have still seen him possibly in Altoona just because of, you know, the development time that he missed. Uh, actually, both seasons. He ended up on the uh, the IL with an oblique. Uh, the year he was drafted in Greensboro, didn't get many at-bats. Uh, started out like a house of fire there. Uh, just to kind of get geared up. And by the time he makes it to Altoona, continues to get hit by pitches. And, you know, the the wrist, you know, never really you know, looked the same after that. So, yeah, with, with him, it's tough to see. And a lot of people will, you know, point towards the you know, service time manipulation. And, and you're not going to call a prospect up when he's ready. Well, well, also you have to have a place where he's going to be able to get regular playing time. It's, yeah. it's the same. It's the same thing as with with Andy Rodriguez. You know, people saying, well, you know, just call him up now and he can catch for a couple of days and then you know play first base, second base, outfield, and and be able to get at bats. Well, why are you turning him into a you know a utility player from the jump just to be able to get him at bats? He's down in AAA so that he can you know, catch on a regular basis. That's, that's the only way that that's going to happen. Same thing with Henry Davis. I'm down in Altoona where he can catch every day on a regular basis. I mean, a lot of people have decided, you know, who the catcher of the future is, whether it be Andy and whether it be Henry, it's like, well, Andy is. So, you know, Henry's going to be a first baseman in DH or Henry is, and Andy is going to end up being, you know, first base, second base, and or outfield, or, you know, just getting those part-time catching roles. Well, neither one of them has solidified themselves as an everyday catcher in the major leagues. Until that happens, you're going to have to find it batch. You're going to have to find reps for both of them. Yep. So I don't see how, I mean, in any world where, where Henry even gets that cup of coffee this year, just because, I mean, if you think about it and you let it play out, I mean, Austin Hedges is the starter at this point in time. Backup is either, I mean, pick Pilecki, Heineman, DeLay, whoever you would want to be. Uh, Andy's the starter down in Indianapolis. Even if you move him up uh, at some point in time and say Hedges goes to be the backup and, and Andy's the starter, I mean, I would see that that's how the rest of the season would play out. I mean, unless, you know, I don't know if Hedges gets traded, but even at that, it's going to be, you know, Heineman is the backup. I just, I, unless they bring him up and they decide for like the last like weekend of the season, they're just going to like let him DH and yeah. get, you know, have him be, but it's not going to be, uh, you know, Andy up in whenever he's up and then a, a month or so later bring Henry up and there you're catching you know, duo for, for the rest of the season. I think that's something that's going to maybe play out um, May, June or July of, of next year of 2024, not, you know, 2023. And that's if, and, and hopefully if, you know, both of them stay healthy and both of them, you know, develop at that position. 
Yeah, and and there's a lot of variables to this too, and that's why I said it's very interesting that I'm talking about Henry Davis being the most interesting prospect here, even though he probably won't play in Pittsburgh. But he, if he develops very well this year, let's just say in a perfect world, Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis both develop very positively. The amount of questions that that answers for you, uh, like just off the jump, I mean, how many teams can say they have two top five catching prospects in their system? Not too many. So then you're answering questions here like, okay, he's good. Andy's good. Henry's good. All right, now what do we do with them knowing that they're good players? I think that's how the Pirates are also thinking about it is they want Henry Davis to be a more – they want both of them to be more seasoned products when they come up here so you don't get that O'Neill Cruz syndrome that you had last year where, if we remember, O'Neill Cruz came up, had that great first game, and then he was terrible for like a month. <laughs> and I don't think that's what the Pirates want to do with an Andy Rodriguez and a Henry Davis. And before we talk about one other name that I want to bring up with you, because I feel like you'll have a lot to say about this guy, and I have a lot to say about him too. Today's episode is always brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, so you mentioned game time earlier. I mentioned game time earlier. Uh, if you want to bet that you're going to, use game time, get the tickets, then go to FanDuel, bet on it while you're there. The tournament is heating up, which it comes back today, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. You can also include core markets like the spread, the money line, and the total, player props, and more exclusive bets like the two times three bet which is two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance and a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more and make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and the Locked On Podcast Network. One more name. And then we can talk about anything else in the prospect realm that I am very interested in here, Craig. Malcolm Nunez. Now, a lot of people would say and look at this Pirates roster and look and see that they have Carlos Santana and G-Man Choi at first base. Pirates fans will tell you, like myself, it's a very big upgrade from what they had last year. But in no means is it a fix at the position at all long-term. Enter Malcolm Nunez, who's a guy that profiles well, by the way, as a third baseman, if I may say so myself from what I've seen uh, from him. But the Pirates already have their third baseman. So you're going to probably slide him to first. And I feel like he's kind of on the same track as Endy here. You know that he wasn't going to be on the roster right away, and I don't think with Malcolm Nunez you ever expected him to be on the roster right away. But when the summertime rolls around, like June or July, and you start hearing the chirping birds about Carlos Santana and G-Man Choi and trade talks, or even for all you crazy people that keep saying they might release G-Man Choi, um, I feel like Malcolm Nunez's name will be brought up a lot. 
Craig. So, I mean, how do you feel about that as him being another guy that we should really keep our eyes on? I mean, it's it's going to be – that would be pretty important to the build, rebuild, the development of, you know, the, the major league team and, and getting that solidified because, I mean, I look back and, you know, the Pirates haven't had – a first baseman they brought up through the system and actually performed well for an extended period of time since I think Kevin Young. I mean, you could say, you know, you had Josh Bell, but Josh Bell was an outfielder and, and was transitioned to first to base, first base yeah. to first baseman. So, and I mean, it's to me, uh, we've been hearing about this. It's like you just basically pick whoever's going to be the starter or whatever in Indianapolis and, and hope for the best. Like in a Mason Martin uh, was the, was the guy last year, but the, the pirates really haven't had, you know, somebody like, like Nunez who, you know, I didn't realize how good his defense was at, at third base until I watched, you know, videos of it. And it made sense to me why, you know, even when he was with the Cardinals, he was slid over to first base because, you know, the Cardinals have a, a fairly decent uh, third baseman themselves, as everybody knows. But what he does at the beginning of the season is it's going to be it's going to be one of the more important things uh, to happen and to come out of, you know, Indianapolis this year, just because they they don't have there's not multiple options. There's not multiple, you know, potential answers. We talked about the catching positions you have, you know, you have Andy and then you have Henry. And then right behind that, I, I will say you have, you know, Abraham Gutierrez that there's a decent amount of, of catching prospects. When you go down through the system and you're looking for, you know, that surefire, you know, first base prospect. I mean, we don't have an Andrew Vaughn, like the White Sox had, you know, drafting a guy who played first base in college and he's going to be your first baseman, you know, of the future. We really don't have that. So Malcolm Nunez, fingers crossed, man. I, I know he has that power potential. I know he probably has the defensive ability to play first base. And like you said, uh, G-Man Choi and, and Carlos Santana are – they're flip candidates, they're band-aids, you know, they're, they're gap fillers. So you, you really need somebody to stand up. And, and that's why I think that they're trying to, the pirates are kind of trying to hedge their bets by having, you know, Matt Gorski take some reps over there. Jared Triolo takes some reps over there uh, to, to get, you know, one of these, these prospects to hit. Um, I think, you know, they want it to be Nunez. I would like it to be Nunez. Cause I think that, you know, Triolo, and Gorski, Gorski's a could be a, a gold glove caliber outfielder. Uh, at some point in time, Triolo could be a gold glove shortstop, second baseman, and he's also played some outfield if you need it. Uh, and you know, Nunez, short, stocky guy. So that's the other thing that people I know is going to come up. You know, when he shows up, it's like, didn't we just get rid of a, a five foot ten, five foot eleven first baseman? You know, and Michael Chavis uh, from last year. Uh, so we're going to have to hear that. But for me, it, it's all about the bat. And yeah. I know, I know you say this, I know I say this, I know, you know, Gary Morgan, when he comes on, on, you know, my buddy Gary on, you know, when he comes on Gary Morgan Mondays, if the bat plays, they'll find a spot for it. 
Uh, not too many times are you talking about the the gold glove caliber of like a first baseman. If they are, if you know, if you have like a Paul Goldschmidt, that glove is a bonus. That glove yeah. is, isn't why you talk about, you know, Goldschmidt. You're talking about it because the dude's going to hit like 30 jacks in a season. So, um, yeah, Malcolm Nunez, his development this year is going to be of one of the most important ones I see, you know, in Indianapolis or Altoona this year because so much you can't really go out and in the free agent market, we're not going to pay, you know, $20 million for a Jose Abreu or something. So that's a position that's probably going to have to be developed within our system. And you don't want it to be that black hole or that void, you know, that it was in 2022 and it won't be in 2023, but that doesn't solve anything for 2024. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I get with it is I feel like, First base is the position that a lot of people don't talk about in terms of our prospect pool because, one, we just don't have a lot there. And, two, I think that there's a realistic idea that you could go at every other position in the system and have an answer. Now, when I say an answer, not all these guys are going to be an answer. But you go to second base, you have Termar Johnson and Nick Gonzalez. There you go. Shortstop, you have Leo Piguero right now things will change there too you could even include g1 bay in that middle infield working if you want to third base at worst jared triolo is a backup to key brian hayes i think that's great you look at the outfield i've talked about the outfield and nauseam all this offseason for reasons like that even starting pitching you mentioned bubba chandler earlier who it seems like they're going to convert into a pitcher uh quinn priester mike burrows luis ortiz johan oviedo Cody Bolton to the bullpen is going to be a very, very good decision, by the way. I don't care what anybody says. I am so excited for him to just be straight up a bullpen guy. I think that's going to be absolutely phenomenal. But first base, it just seems like they don't have the answers yet. But, Craig, sure they're going to find the answers eventually. I really do. But what do you have going on this week, brother? Uh, This week, right uh, later on today, I'm going to be having – I uh, interviewing Jack McMullen uh, from the Indianapolis Indians for, nice. for the preview for that. I'm uh, going to be talking a, a decent amount. Of, I think Carmen Majinski talk in, in that one, because, you know, he's been using a little bit of a bullpen role. If you're talking about guys that may have an impact on the, the major league roster this year, like you said, it Cody Bolton out of the bullpen, Carmen Majinski potentially out of the bullpen. So there's, there's that different type of stuff. I, I have a uh, a prospect uh, through the prospect porthole coming out today, later today, on uh, on our rule five lefty in the bullpen, the lone lefty at this point in time. The lone wolf. Yeah, and probably trying to talk about why he is different than than other rule five uh, picks that we have, you know, selected, and and the goal may be a little bit different for him moving forward. And as always, Wednesday morning is the uh, Bucks in the Basement regular drop, and I'm getting ready to start doing some some top some top fives about players actually playing every Tuesday. I'll have a, a top five prospect performers from the previous week uh, within the minor league system. So, man, I am, and I'll be on here for opening yes. day. So, dude, I, man, I'm I'm just getting jazzed. I'm getting psyched for uh, for the start of of meaningful baseball on the horizon. So am I. I am excited for it very heavily. Of course, tomorrow, guys, if you've been looking at the ticker on YouTube on the bottom, tomorrow is our 2023 prediction show. It'll just be me. 
But we're going to be predicting Major League Baseball and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Monday, of course, we'll have Gary on to look back at spring training and give our final thoughts about spring training. On Tuesday, we're going to have the Locked On NL Central preview with all the hosts of the Locked On NL Central podcast. And then on Wednesday, we're probably going to have Locked On Reds on. And then, of course, Thursday, we'll have Craig. So content is coming your way. Guys, thank you for tuning in to the Locked On Pirates podcast, as you always do. And also, with spring training coming to a close in the WBC also coming to a close as well. Go check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball if you're looking for some real good fantasy baseball advice for your league so you can beat everybody. And I'm pretty sure Locked On will probably have one again this year as well. But my name is Ethan Smith. That's Craig Toth. Have a wonderful rest of your Thursday, March 23rd. We're one week away from opening day, and I couldn't be more excited.